0: Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. I would like to thank the Lord for this wonderful opportunity to share the good news of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. We started a sermon series and we are speaking about the the power of the cross and um, what actually happened on the cross of Calvary. So we have been spending um, a number of weeks now on the message of the cross. And I believe that God is going to enlighten many, deliver many, strengthen many, and bring healing, bring restoration, upliftment. And um, God is going to do an amazing work in your life as you apply the finished work of Calvary to your life and believe that everything that was accomplished, through The cross was accomplished for me and you. Now, we've done um, a few pointers on the divine exchange. We spoke about how Jesus was punished that we might be forgiven, how Jesus was wounded that we might be healed. We spoke about how Jesus was made sin with our sinfulness that we might be made a righteousness. We made righteous with his righteousness. Now, Jesus died our death that we might receive his life. In the next four points, we're going to speak about how Jesus died, our death that we might receive his, sorry, how Jesus endured poverty that we might share his abundance, and how Jesus bore our shame that we might share his glory, how Jesus endured our rejection that we might experience acceptance with the Father. And how Jesus was made a curse that we might enter into the blessings. So we're going to discuss these four points today on today's teaching. I pray that God will richly bless you and enlighten you, as I said, and that you might receive transformation, liberation, freedom, because of the cross of Calvary. Praise be to God, because of what happened at the cross. We ended ended on point number four. Our last verse that we spoke about was Romans 6, verse 23. And when we come to a conclusion of this specific point, we understand that Jesus died our death that we may receive his life. Hallelujah. Jesus died our death that we may receive his life. Praise be to God. That is so, so powerful. So powerful. And um, I thank God for Jesus taking my place. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. The next part of the exchange we understand that Paul wrote that Jesus that he became poor so that we might become rich. That he became poor so that we may experience his riches and we thank God for that. That in his poverty we can experience the blessing that comes through what Christ did for us. I'm so overwhelmed all the time when i speak on the cross of christ and i look at the rich blessings that has come through the cross and um, i find a delight in it i find um, this great things that god has done for us the price that was paid and uh, how we can now enjoy what jesus christ has done for us hallelujah the bible says in second corinthians 8 and verse 9 For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, all starts with grace, unmerited, unearned, that through, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that through his poverty might become rich, that you through his poverty might become rich. That is what the word of God says, that is what we believe in our next point. He endured our poverty, hallelujah, He endured our poverty that we might share in His riches or in His abundance. I love this that Jesus Christ has done for us. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, as the Bible says, this is the particular verse we have just read read, right now. The exchange is very clear that from poverty to riches, Jesus became poor that in return we might become rich. Now we ask ourselves the question, when did Jesus become poor? Some people picture him as poor throughout his earthly ministry, but this is not true because we see how he lived and what he did. Jesus did not carry in did not carry a lot of cash with him, but at no time did he lack anything that he needed. The Bible teaches us very important points to look at. When he sent out his disciples, they also lacked nothing. When he sent out his disciples, they also lacked nothing. I thank God for that. Hallelujah we will lack nothing. Can somebody say today, I lack nothing. Luke 22, verse 35, they lack nothing. He asked them the question, when I sent you out, did you lack anything? They said, we lack nothing. I shall lack nothing as a missionary, as a man of God, I will lack nothing. I declare this in the name of Jesus. So from being poor, he and his disciples made a regular practice of giving, to the poor, they gave to the poor, that was the ministry of Christ, they used to give to the poor, that was how Christ lived, Bible teaches us in John 12 verse 4 to 8, we make a discovery here, something very important, one of his disciples who would betray him, why was the perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor, so he knew there was a practice about giving to the poor, Christ gave to the poor, but we you know John, I mean um, Judas' heart was not really in giving. Judas was helping himself in the offering. But by the statement he made, it shows me that um, they gave to the poor. They gave to the poor. And so in verse John 13 verse 29, but for some were supposing because Judas had the money box that Jesus was saying to him, buy the things we have need of for the feast or else that he should give something to the poor. So Jesus had a giving mentality. Jesus lived in the giving mentality. So even though he became poor so that we could become rich, it does not eliminate the principles of giving and receiving. So Jesus did become poor so that we might become rich. But in this giving and receiving, it's a principle that we still need to apply in our lives. But there are some blessings that we receive from Christ that we have never given. We have never given anything. But God blesses us. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And we know in His righteousness, giving is in His righteousness, in what He wants us to do, in what He wants us to do. Fasting, giving, and, and praying is part of the things that we find in Matthew in the Beatitudes of Christ. We know that this is part of the righteousness of God. So giving and receiving still remains a principle. We find out that Jesus. When we read the stories of Jesus, we find out that he used unconventional methods, methods uh, to receive money. The Bible says he sent Peter cast your line into the into the water, and you will find a fish and bring it, and you can pay our taxes. That is what he did. Another method we find that there were five thousand hungry men plus women and children. It could be anything between 10,000 to 15,000 people, five loaves, two fish. He blessed it, gave thanks. From that moment, everybody was fed, everybody was filled, 12 baskets were taken up. We see that. Jesus' ministry was a ministry of abundance. Whenever a need whenever a need arose or there was a need that arised, Jesus had the sufficiencies to supply for that need. Therefore, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ. Now that I'm in the new covenant and part of this great blessing of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So we understand that Jesus, the question that we ask ourselves. So when did Jesus become poor for our sakes? The Bible teaches us that he became poor for our sakes on the cross. Deuteronomy 28 verse 48 Moses summed up absolute poverty in four expressions hunger thirst nakedness and need of all things and Jesus experienced all of this on the cross the bible says he was hungry he had nothing to eat for 24 hours he was thirsty because in John 19 verse 20 he says I thirst he was naked the soldiers had taken all his clothes from him John 19 verse 23 he was in need of all things he no longer owned anything whatever it was Luke 23 verse 50 to 53 says he was buried in a borrowed and in a borrowed tomb. The Bible says that Jesus exactly and completely endured absolute poverty for our sakes. Therefore, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 that he became poor so that we could become rich. We understand that God made all this possible through grace hallelujah and we should always know that that it was through grace the bible says that we that we should have all sufficiency in all things and an abundance of every work in the second corinthians we see that in verse eight chapter eight verse and chapter eight and chapter nine it speaks about the abundance how god wants us to have sufficiency how god wants us to have all the things that we need to do what we need to do in this world to live this life And that's why Jesus died, so that we can have the sufficiency, that we can have our needs met in Jesus' mighty name. And as I said earlier, it was by grace. It's unearned. We receive by faith. We receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Thank God today for abundance in our lives. When we understand abundance, we know that some people think, I'm going to be the next millionaire, I'm going to be the next billionaire. But I believe abundance means that we have sufficiency for every need, that we are fully supplied, that we have are millionaires, there are billionaires in the kingdom, and praise God for that. And we thank God for these billionaires and millionaires that they have become financiers in the kingdom of God, sending missionaries, sending people out into the mission field, sending pastors, building churches. And we thank the Lord for people that are blessed in that extent. But that does not mean all of us, will become billionaires and millionaires but we will have sufficiency because god has made a way for us glory be to god hallelujah we understand one important reason for the level of provision is indicated in the words in acts in jesus words in acts 20 verse 35 it is more blessed to give than to receive that is hallelujah that is that is a principle it remains a principle it will never change it's more blessed to give than to receive Hallelujah. God's purpose is that all His children should be able to enjoy the greater blessing. Therefore He provides us with enough to cover our own needs and also the needs of others. Thank God today for abundant blessings in Jesus' name. Thank God for overflow today in Jesus' name. Somebody receive an overflow. Somebody receive abundance of blessings in Jesus' name. I thank God today that somebody's moving into the next level of prosperity, the next level of blessing the next level of abundance because god made it possible And right now you are receiving revelation god knows that for missionaries um when i listen to Bonke, when i listened to some of the guys that they did that did mass crusades and evangelism how god would provide millions of dollars on the on the on the spur of the moment how god would come through for him the one amazing testimonies that i that i love reading that i actually started reading now lately was um George Mueller, Mueller, George Mueller, it really blesses my heart. What God did in the life of George Mueller. How God, how he trusted God, how he had these orphanages. And through these orphanages, he would daily just trust God. He would just pray and they sometimes they would have nothing on the table. One of the most amazing testimonies that stands out for me, and there's many, but the one that struck me was the morning when they had nothing and all 300 children or or more were seated at the table ready to eat, but there was no bread, there was no milk, there was nothing. But George Miller made a request unto the Lord, started praying, and in this moment of prayer, um, the Lord answered. And as George Muller went to the children, he told them to sit, be ready. Then there came a knock on the door. The baker said, the Lord woke me up two o'clock and he said, I must prepare these 300 loaves for you. 300 was just enough for the children. Then the next guy came, the milkman came. The milkman knocked on the door, said, my car just broke down, but I need to also give you this milk. And that was enough milk for 300 children. And on that specific day, the need was met through prayer. George Muller lived a life of prayer and provision. Because I, I believe he understood the principles. He understood this word in Second Corinthians 9, 8. He became poor so that I could become rich. My God shall supply all our needs. And he had the revelation. It wasn't just in the word. It wasn't just in the book. It wasn't just in, our, in his Bible. But he believed that God would provide. And he was an amazing man that trusted God for provision. Hallelujah. So we understand through this particular Um, exchange that Jesus endured poverty that we might share in his abundance, hallelujah, that we might share in his abundance, praise be to God. The next thing that we look at is that Jesus bore our shame that we might share in his glory. He bore our shame that we might share in his glory. The exchange at the cross covers our emotional forms of suffering that follows from our in because because of our iniquities and because of our transgressions that we maybe did in our in our former lives and there are things that has come with that and um, one of the things that was covered at the cross is that jesus took our shame our shame hallelujah he endured the evil that we in turn might enjoy the good the two wounds that usually is inflicted through iniquity is shame and rejection but thank Jesus Christ that he took our shame and our rejection upon him. And we find this, that they both are in the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. Shame can be can is described as, in, as, as embarrassment or a clinging cleaning sense of unworthiness that cuts a person off from meaningful fellowship, either with man or with God. But I thank God that the shame has been removed and my relationship with God is restored. I can now have fellowship with God again in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. One of the most common causes that brings about shame and is becoming more and more prevalent in our contemporary society of today is the form of sexual abuse, malestation in in childhood, often leaves the scars that only God can heal by his grace. No counseling, no humanistic psychology can heal this, but only Jesus Christ can heal this, area of people's lives now for some of the statements i've been mentioning it on all my preachings because i believe that by repetition god is going to start doing a work in your life as you continue to hear these teachings and continue to focus on them hallelujah when we speak about the cross of christ the bible says in hebrews that he endured the cross despising the shame he endured the cross despising the shame execution on the cross was the most shameful of all forms of death reserved for the lo- for the lowest class of criminals. He became the lowest so that I could be lifted the highest. Praise be to God. Matthew 27, 30, 35 to 44. We discovered in this portion of scripture. Hallelujah. He suffered the shame. He endured the cross. He hung on the cross so that we can now in return enjoy, hallelujah, this fellowship with God that we can now enjoy restoration and fellowship with God. God in Jesus' mighty name. In in the place of the shame that Jesus bore, God's purpose is to bring those who trust him to share his glory. Jesus brought those who trust him to share his glory. Can somebody say, hallelujah, I'm going to share in the glory of God. My shame has been turned around and I am going to share in the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ because the Bible teaches us it was fitting for God in bringing many sons to glory to make the order of their salvation that is Jesus perfect through suffering he made Jesus perfect through suffering hallelujah and we have been brought into this glory because of his suffering thanks be to God the shame that Jesus endured on the cross has opened the way for all of us to trust in him to be released from our shame not only that but he then shares with us the glory which belongs to him. I love this. We are we are in exchange, experiencing his glory after he has restored us from our shame. Hallelujah. I love the work of the cross. I love the work of the cross. No more shame. No more shame. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The next thing we look at, he endured our rejection that we might we might have his acceptance with the Father. There's no other wound that is often more agonizing than shame. It is rejection. Many people have suffered rejection from many different ways. at school, peers, parents. Rejection has scarred and destroyed many people. Rejection has brought about many, many wounds and hurts in the lives of people like i said i'm not being a psychologist but we are looking at what jesus has done on the cross and rejection is one of the things that he many of us has gone through many of us have suffered rejection hallelujah when we look at rejection rejection usually comes out of broken relationships hallelujah it's caused by 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 parents, by children, by peers, by family members. And in some form, somehow some of us have experienced rejection. Some people have experienced rejection from the home. Maybe a mother did not want you. Maybe there's been rejection over your life and you have been suffering with this dark spirit over your life of rejection and just can't seem to break free. There's just something that is holding you back, that is, that is keeping you in bondage. And um, I'm here to bring you good news today because God has set you free in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Some people suffer rejection because of a breakup in marriage and, and they go through this this, 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 this this, pain of rejection. Why somebody stepped out? Sometimes there's no answer to this type of rejection. Sometimes you cannot understand why somebody just walked out on us when we gave away everything. They just decided to turn their back. But the Bible teaches us very well in the book of Isaiah 54 and verse 6. 54 and verse 6. We look at this, the word of the Lord teaches us an amazing scripture. The Lord will call you back as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit. A wife who married young, only to be rejected says your God. So God is calling you back. He's calling you back to restoration. I pray for every person that has suffered divorce. Then right now, God will bring that healing. Those wounds of divorce, you will be healed. You will be touched. God is calling you back man or woman that has suffered divorce and you cannot understand it you cannot understand that rejection may God bring healing and restoration in Jesus name God's provision for healing the wounds of rejection is recorded in Matthew 27 verse 46 and verse 60 when we look at Jesus on the cross the Bible says about the ninth hour my God this is powerful about the ninth hour jesus cried out with a loud voice saying lama sabachthani this is my god my god why have you forsaken me jesus when he had cried out again with a loud voice healed it up his spirit he healed it up his spirit hallelujah for the first time in history of the universe the son of god called out to the father and did not receive any response so fully was jesus identified with man's iniquity hallelujah so fully was jesus was jesus identified with man's iniquity this is healing and restoration today in jesus name hallelujah so we find this that what what he went through what he endured was for us to experience healing and restoration jesus endured rejection in the most agonizing form rejection by the father the god almighty hallelujah hallelujah Almost after this rejection, after this moment on the cross, he died, not of the wounds of crucifixion was, 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 was not the only way, was not the only reason. He died because of the rejection, the broken heartedness of rejection, because at that moment he cried out and God was not responding. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Matthew records this and says, and immediately, immediately, listen to this, immediately immediately behold the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom symbolically this demonstrate that the way had now been opened for sinful man to enter into direct fellowship with a holy god we have now entered into direct fellowship so that rejection is broken the rejection of jesus opened up the way for us to be accepted by god as his children this sums up what paul says In Ephesians, it sums it up so beautiful what Paul says in Ephesians, hallelujah, having predestined us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, he, God, has made us accepted in the beloved, we are accepted in the beloved, hallelujah. The rejection of Jesus resulted in our acceptance. The rejection of Jesus resulted in our acceptance. God's remedy for shame and rejection has never been more desperately needed than it is today. Many people are suffering from the wounds of shame and rejection. But I thank God for Jesus Christ's death on the cross. Man and woman can now experience restoration. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. At least one quarter of all adults in the world have suffered from shame or rejection. Hallelujah. But today you come to Calvary, God will heal you. Today you come to the finished work of the cross, experience divine healing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It has been given me measureless joy whenever I, mean, I look at people coming to Calvary, coming to the revelation of the cross, that how healing flows into their lives, how God not only heals their bodies, but heals their, 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 their inner healing also takes place, but through the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. Through the cross of Calvary, when we look at these two emotional um, aspects of change that took place at the cross of Calvary, we understand, hallelujah, And we summarize it that Jesus, we understand this and we summarize this, that Jesus bore our shame, that we might share his glory, that Jesus endured our rejection, that we might have his acceptance with the Father. I thank God for that in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I thank God. When we look at what Jesus has done for us on the cross of Calvary, when we look at these exchanges, we understand that some of humanity's most basic and urgent needs, have been met through the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. It has been met through the cross of Calvary. And sometimes in our teachings, we cannot exhaust, but every person. But what I can say, every need has been met. Hallelujah. Every need. There is no need resulting from rebellion that is not covered by the same principle of exchange. The evil came upon Jesus that the good might come upon us. So every evil of humanity came upon Jesus, that the good might come upon us. I just love that. All evil came upon Christ, that all the good might come upon us. Once we have learned to apply this principle in our life, it releases God's provision for every single need. When we understand all evil came upon him, that all good can come upon me, our lives will change forever. Thank God today, I receive divine healing. I pray for somebody to receive divine healing, inner healing, outer healing, bodily healing, mental healing, whatever it is. Today God is going to restore you. Today God is going to bring deliverance in Jesus mighty name. The next and final point of the exchange we look at today is that Jesus was made a curse that we might enter the blessing. There remains one final climactic exchange, hallelujah, described in Galatians 13 verse 14. Now we spoke about it, but we're going to speak about it again because we are just reiterating what Christ did for us at the cross. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the Lord. The Bible teaches us. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the, the law. Praise be to God, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Paul applies Jesus on the cross as an as an actman of what Deuteronomy 21.3 says, according to which person executed by hanging on a tree thereby came under the curse of God. Then he points to the resulting of the blessing that now comes because of what Christ did. There was a blessing. Paul looks at this and um, refers us back to what Deuteronomy said, but then he brings us to the place now that he became the curse so that I could become the blessing. And when we look at this in the most simplistic terms, uh, we turn to the Bible in the book of Deuteronomy 28, we understand that the Bible says from verse 15 to 68, it's We look at verse 1 to 14 it speaks about all the blessings and then we look at from verse 15 to 16 it speaks about every curse that comes upon people that broke the law and some of these curses leads to humiliation barrenness unfruitfulness mental and physical breakdown family breakdowns poverty defeat oppression failure and god's disfavor but we thank god today now that we are in christ jesus we are new creations the curse is broken the blessings has come upon us no more humiliation No more barrenness, but fruitfulness. No more mental and physical sickness, but divine healing. No more family breakdown because of curses passed down. We are free. No more poverty, but prosperity. Every need being met. No more defeat, but victory. No more oppression, but overcomers. No more failure, but success. No more of God's disfavor, but of God's continuous favor on our lives. Hallelujah. So we need to apply these to certain areas of our lives. Hallelujah. That dark shadow that has been hanging over us as we repetitively we have been teaching on it has been now broken. Hallelujah. Shutting out the light of God's blessing has now been removed. You are now moving into a place of divine prosperity, into a place of divine healing, over, over a place of divine victory. You are just moving into the place where God wants you to be in Jesus' mighty and majestic name. So every horror that the curse is brought on our lives has been taken, and Jesus has carried it to the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. It has been carried to the cross. It has been taken upon the cross. Jesus hung upon the cross now we can experience the blessing that has come through calvary jesus had been rejected by his own countrymen betrayed by one of the disciples and abandoned by the rest though sometime later they returned to follow his final later returned to his final agony he was suspended naked between the earth and heaven his body was wrecked by pain and innumerable wounds his soul was weighed down by the guilt of the of humanity earth had rejected him and ever would not respond to his cry as the sun withdrew its light and darkness covered him, his life blood ebbed out into the dusty stony soil, yet out of the darkness, just before he expired, there came a final triumph cry, it is finished, it is finished in the Greek, hallelujah, it is finished in the Greek. I love the word of God so much. And I thank God for the victory right now. It consists of only one word. It is the perfect tense of the verb, which means to make something complete or perfect. Hallelujah. In English, it could be rendered. It is completely complete. Or it is perfectly perfect. Glory be to God. Jesus had taken, had been taken upon himself. Every evil consequence that rebellion had brought upon humanity. Hallelujah. He had exhausted every curse of God, broken law. All this that we in turn might receive every blessing due to his his obedience. Such sacrifice is marvelous. It is a marvelous sacrifice. It's a marvelous sacrifice. Praise be to God. There's one barrier that we must all deal with. The barrier of unforgiven sin. Do you have already have a clear assurance that your sins have been forgiven because of the sacrifice of Christ? If not, That is where you must begin. You can follow and you can say and believe when we pray that you confess your sins when you believe you confess your sins that you may receive the forgiveness of sins and so that you can experience the blessing that has been made available for us through Calvary's cross. Hallelujah. When we acknowledge that we are sinners and there is unforgiven sin in our lives that we come to God and we ask for forgiveness and He will forgive us of all our sins in God's name. God's Word says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to take God at His Word. The very moment we believe that He has forgiven us of all our sins, there is one simple response that we need to make. A response which is the simplest and purest expression of true faith. And that is to say, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you for what you have done for me. With the barrier of sin being removed, the way is now open for us to enter into all that God has provided for us through the cross. Just like the forgiveness of sin, each must be received by simple faith in God's word. So as we receive the forgiveness of sin, all of these transactions that has been made, these exchanges, must be received by faith. Everything in God's word must be received by faith. Each and every one of us has special needs and each and every one of us must come to God individually to accept his provision. Here's a general form of his words that we may use to claim any of the other provisions described in this. We need to understand that the Lord Jesus, we need to to understand and we need to pray and we need to say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you were wounded that I might be healed. I thank you that you were made sinful with my sinfulness, that I may be made righteous with his righteousness. It's a time of thanksgiving. It's a time of thanksgiving and of praise right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you died my death, that I may receive your life. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you endured my poverty, that I may share your abundance. I thank you that you bore my shame, that I might share your your glory. I want to thank you that you suffered my rejection, that I might have your acceptance with the Father. I thank you that you were made a curse, that I might into the blessing each and every provision has been prayed hallelujah has been paid for us and we need to pray it we need to believe it we need to look into the word of god we need to search the scriptures and every time we find a promise we need to look at it and we need to receive what has come through the cross of calvary in jesus name we need to continuously confess it we need to continuously look into it meditate upon it so that it can become our reality in jesus mighty name we need to continuously just declare what God has done for us through the Word of God. Every time we discover truth, we must meditate upon it, receive it, believe it, and it will become our reality. We need to be grateful for what Jesus Christ has done upon the cross of Calvary for us. When we look at everything that has done for us on the cross of Calvary, all these blessings that has flowed, I mentioned eight blessings. Jesus was punished that we might be forgiven. Jesus was wounded that we might be healed. Jesus was made sin with our sinfulness that we might be made righteous with His righteousness. Jesus died our death that we might receive His life. Jesus endured our poverty that we might share His abundance. Jesus bore our shame that we might share His glory. Jesus endured our rejection that we might have His acceptance with the Father. Jesus was made a curse that we might enter into the blessings. Remember, our salvation is not limited to our experience of only forgiveness of sin and being born again. When we look at all these blessings that has come through the cross, we can now enjoy it as believers. How wonderful though it is that what happened through salvation and how we receive salvation, all these blessings are packaged in salvation. We thank God today that as you now experience the great blessings of the cross of Calvary, as you now experience the exchange that has taken place. May God do a wonder work in your life, and may you move from glory to glory from this day in your life. Let's say this prayer with me. Say, Father, I just want to thank you today for the divine exchange that took place on the cross of Calvary. Thank you for delivering me, setting me free. Thank you for giving me your righteousness, and taking my unrighteousness, Thank you for healing me of every sickness and disease. Thank you that you became a curse so that I could become a blessing. Thank you that you were rejected so that I could be accepted. Thank you that you took my shame so that I can share in your glory. Thank you that you took my poverty that I may have may share in your abundance. Thank you, Father, that you died my death so that I can receive your life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for sending your son. Today I is a new day in my life. I'm walking in the blessings of abundance and overflow i'm walking in healing and restoration i'm walking in freedom from every curse of bondage and every curse that has been placed upon my life today i am renewed in strength i am overcomer and i can do all things through christ who strengthens me i thank you today father for my redemption in jesus mighty name i am a new creature in christ i give you all the glory All the honor and all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.